0: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com.
1: Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today, and welcome to episode 308 of the Ham Radio Podcast.
0: And I'm Dustin with Last Stand Media. What's up, Maddie? It's,
1: uh... It's early for you yes. and me actually
0: i've been waking up later and later i've become more like you actually
1: but... ah welcome to the team yeah so yeah. for those who are uh who are wondering we're up a little bit early today it's 10 a.m we have not done mm. this in literal years uh in fact we used to get loan up at uh 6 a.m to do the show in its early days in its infancy because he was in australia so uh right. it's a uh, it's it's familiar territory but it has not been trekked in quite some time uh dustin how are you this morning are you are you doing well did you have coffee or anything before this i mean it changes the whole rhythm and routine of of this show
0: right well today is particularly weird and the whole reason that we're doing this early is because i'm leaving for a little mini vacation i'm visiting my parents in virginia so we're trying to get out of here pretty close to when holly's done with work and so we like i didn't want to be like maddie i can't do it because i know that you know we're in a you know it's a I don't want to say sensitive, but you know, you don't have Carrick here, so it's like, you know, I wanna I wanna be I here for you that. and I wanna be there for the audience. So I was like, Maddie, let's work something out. Can we do a little earlier? Now, what's really interesting is last night I my plan was to do all my last stand stuff last night. And then I had a bad export on Sacred. Oh. And I I don't like doing other stuff on my computer when I'm rendering because it can fuck it up or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So um I couldn't do any of that last night. So I ended up waking up today. I went to bed at 2 and woke up at 7.30. Uh, I,
1: I was wondering how you had this much energy. You're moving a little bit. And like, I've been up for a yeah, while, yeah. You've had and some time had to get a, your legs.
0: <laughs> I had a nice, large cup of coffee. Uh, I will want to die later. Like Yes. Matter of fact, I will. The problem is hopefully I won't be driving. Um, right. That, that would be bad. But I think I'm going to try to get Holly to drive the first leg of the trip. And then Mm. i'll i'll drive the dc area traffic is not you sleep in the
1: car are you are you one of those people can you sleep in the car can you sleep on a plane
0: no uh definitely not but i can at least rest like sometimes it's just about the mental yeah not having to pay attention for like a minute would be nice but Uh uh-huh um other than that though i'm good it's been a a busy time of course uh shout out to defining duke and the new host there uh lord cognito who's doing excellent work
1: and that, that um, video that Locke did for our oh. uh, announcement i showed it to my friends and we were all <laughs> hysterically laughing man this shit is i mean <laughs> Dude. I, can, I can't even describe it because if i did it would just do a disservice and it's really unbelievable if you just combine everything just please go to the last stand channel check it out It's
0: yeah it's, it's called it's uh the host yeah. Um, highly recommend it. It feature- has both Maddie and I in it and other friends of, uh, yeah. of Ham of You radio and Ben so. recorded
1: like Hassan Carmen or whatever his name is videos. I was like, I- honestly, are you seriously such high effort for, <laughs> for well, a meme video? It's incredible. <laughs>
0: I'll, I was going to, okay, I'm not going to, I would have other details behind the scenes. But I don't want to, you know, I, mm. people should go watch it. Go watch yeah. it.
1: Yeah, I agree. But yeah, feeling. Feeling decent this morning. I thought I was going to wake what? up, kind of, kind of wanting to die. My masculinity is feeling stronger than ever. You know, it, mm. just, the reason I say this is because, you know, I've never been that guy who who wakes. Have you heard of the art of the piss fart, Dustin? Whoa. Yeah. Uh, no, but I'd like to. No, you haven't heard of this. Like, I feel R- like I feel like so many guys. Maybe it's a dad thing, right? Like a maybe. guy, you you hear them peeing, and then like there's a little bit of flatulence that passes. Oh, by.
0: like like uh, ripping ass at the urinal. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Like like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I'm no stranger I, to that in my own home, but I'm not the type of guy that's going to write a urinal. Yeah, no, public. not in
1: public, right? No, not no. in public. Never, never. We we have decency. Anyway, that was my morning, and I was, that's a rare feat. So I was feeling a little more, I was feeling a little more masculine today, I had a little more swagger in my step. Oh, wow. you Isn't know, it's
0: funny. My dad is like a total morning person, and my mom and I are not. Mm. Like, my mom and I want to, like, kill people in the, when we first wake up. <laughs> Same. And so it's funny because getting ready for a trip makes me feel like I'm in dad mode, even though I'm not a dad. Because I remember my dad, it was, like, go time before trips. Like, he was yeah. up at 6 a.m. He's packing the car. He's getting things ready. I shit you not, I remember leaving once. He has bags in his arms, steps outside, and goes, <laughs> oh, beautiful day. And my mom and I are like, shut up. like we it was annoyed <laughs> us so bad so it's just weird you know how that
1: works like but. he was embracing the moment and you... <laughs>
0: oh yeah yeah he like he That's like so had funny. to smell the morning air and just take it in for a moment i was like oh you'll no. never
1: catch me doing that you'll never no. catch me sniffing the morning air man <laughs> <laughs> <Damn. clears throat> all right as tradition dictates we like to get into what games are playing all that urinal talk aside uh dustin what games have you been diving into Okay,
0: well, Maddie, of course, last week we touched briefly. I had purchased Mario Golf, but not played. Yes, yes. And I've been playing that somewhat extensively throughout the week. Um, it's good. It's very good, I would say. Mm. It isn't perfect. Yeah. In fact, I think that my overall take here is that Nintendo repeatedly, this is a new trend, not a new trend, but a consistent trend, I could say now. With Switch games being kind of bare bones. To a, a, you know, we heard about Mario Tennis. I didn't play that, but I heard it was a little bare bones. Uh, Super Mario Party, bare bones. Animal Crossing at launch. Nowhere near the feature set as previous games. And now this. So, Maddie, I'm curious because I know you're playing it as well. Uh, I have barely scratched the story mode because I find it cumbersome like all the all the characters talking is boring they they make annoying sounds when they talk that grades in my ears mm. and i'm like i just want to play golf but i want right. to upgrade i want that progression but i don't want all this other stuff weighing it down
1: yeah it's interesting because i was actually looking at the game boy Advance version and i feel like i'm going to be a little disappointed if i dive in now because i didn't realize sort of the roots of this mode are more role-playing game oriented Right and uh, I just don't hear great things about it. I'm the same as you. I kind of dive in, and my friends and I pl- have played every night since the game came out. I think we missed mm-hmm. one night, but mechanically, this game is so sound. I think it's really fun, especially once you start unlocking new club sets and you can shape your shot. You know, earlier or in the middle or later, if you know you're curved, or you have to curve it around a tree or a rock. Um, there's some really cool stuff you can do manipulating the wind, special shots. Every game, it reminds me almost of a MOBA where you expect something every game, but it plays out completely differently. You know, where you're going to land, you know, these risky plays, if you're going to end up in the water or not, or any penalty area. I really like it. My biggest gripe really is when you tapped into the bare bones stuff is the courses. I, I wanted more courses. I, I, that's the yeah. biggest thing for me is there's six and one of them is a rookie course. So I'm sorry, but it's very straightforward. So there's really five Um, in fact the first two are very easy so my friends and i just rotate four um and while we're really liking the game now because mechanically it's so sound i think it's going to be really needing those new maps soon and i don't know how soon they can bring them out um my other thing is that speed golf is not what i thought it would be i kind of was uh i'm Mm. I'm jumping all over the place so you know i'll stop there but yeah for me i just yeah i i feel like it's such a good game but it's also it could be so much more
0: two things maddie first of all on my stream i played uh with your friend kopi
1: yes and uh, i I took his money the other night we did a ten dollar bet
0: i beat i i said i i was like you know kopi if you would play as rosalina you little pervert Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he's like no comment And i was like yeah 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 I, I, we get it we you know
1: it. his his reputation precedes him He he's known to be the anime anime chick guy <laughs> like he just everyone expects it it's like oh who's the right. who's the woman on the roster that uh that he will pick right
0: yeah <laughs> so uh the second thing maddie i'm trying to rem- i know we've had this conversation so please forgive me but that's okay have you played everybody's golf yes okay because honestly here's the thing i'm like man i i I'm playing this and I'm like everybody's golf I think is just better. Hmm. And I'm still going to play and thoroughly enjoy Mario Golf. I want to see all it has to offer. But at the end of the day, a lot of times when I'm playing it, I'm like, man, I, th- I feel like Mario g- or uh, everybody's golf is just I uh you know, I thought that this was going to be the game to succeed it and take that place for me because Mario, I mean everybody's golf is kind of a older game at this point and I right. wanted something fresh and then I'm like eh, this really actually isn't as good as what what my go-to was so
1: yeah I I remember with everybody's golf because it's been four years now I think that came out in 2017 everybody's golf was good from a single player standpoint and I think my biggest issue with that funny enough I think came down to the courses I think oh. I, remember, I remember just running down A same course over and over again um mm. unless there was more that i'm forgetting which i think is very likely yeah um, um. but you can go ahead and double check that but yeah more, everybody's golf i know had like way better progression you know it felt like way more control and they had the hub area it was a really well-made game that's the thing these arcade golf games are so underrated uh, i know there's yeah golf story or something on the switch um, I think it's like a right. golf RPG or something, you know, this is really cool golf games out there. This kind of just falls into that bin, but it has, like I said, I just can't emphasize enough it. Once you like unlock these new clubs, you know, I, I felt like I'm hitting a ceiling. I'm like, okay, you know, I can see myself dropping this pr- pretty soon, Then you, you unlock these new club sets and it opens your mind to like how different you can play this game and, um, in that way it's it's so fun to go back to but it's just i wish i wish for more courses and if they're quick with content updates i really won't care because they showed right. the trailer like the new donk city from mario odyssey is a course i went oh no, that's oh. pretty
0: cool i oh, forgot I like about that. that yeah honestly yeah i totally forgot man we I'm glad were uh,
1: that. we were speculating that they could either take the kind of like they could take almost a smash route like do a hyrule course for zelda or an animal crossing course have tom nook be a guest character like I'm, I'm curious to see how they do that stuff. But I
0: will we'll say, see. I it's cool. They have some oddball characters, like uh, the King Ba-Bomb yeah. guy, which yeah. is cool. But I was like, man, let me play as my boy Shy Guy. That's what <laughs> I. I for some reason, I'm always drawn in a Mario Kart to play as Shy Guy because I just yeah. think he's just like the weirdest little dude. I was like, man, I wish I could be Shy Guy. <laughs> the other thing that's weird. Okay, there's a few things that are weird about the characters. Actually, first of all, they have. Uh, Toadette in the story mode, but she's not a playable character, which I was like, "Oh, that seems weird." Really, I didn't thing, know that. that's very odd. Everyone has almost dude. There's so many awesome outfits. Fucking Wario with the cowboy hat, the fucking drip, mm-hmm. amazing. So many great outfits, but then they just got fucking Donkey Kong wearing that old ass tie, the you know the borderline Donald Trump tie that he wears. You know, <laughs> you know, is he? Is he a maga guy? We don't know. Um, he, we've got him and and Yoshi's just showing up in, in the nude, basically same old. I'm like, man, why didn't yeah. everybody get cool costumes? But I agree. I, I'm I'm complaining over <laughs> nothing. I'd be I cool if they like, had
1: more costumes for everyone in general.
0: Yeah, dude. I I just think, dude. And Toad, he's got the little hat on top of his yes. like, mushroom head. Yeah. It's so
1: cute. I love I, it. I, I do like that. Except the one character that stands out to me, and this isn't a nitpick, like something fucked up was, uh, was Daisy. I don't know. Have you seen Daisy's face? Oh yeah, it is a little, it's a little odd. Terrifying, man. It's terrifying. I, I'm surprised there hasn't been memes about it, man. She looks like she's seen some shit. It's, it's pretty. Probably has. <laughs> yeah, for I mean,
0: real. So if Daisy and Peach then is like Wario, her counter male, like is she in a relationship with Wario?
1: I thought it was. Luigi? Oh Luigi, yeah.
0: You yes. okay, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, so I think yeah, so. I mean Luigi maybe he has a hard time being a suitable partner. Yeah. Whether that's in a uh mental or even physical. You know, we don't know. Uh. No you know, Luigi strikes me as a guy that's got some major junk in the trunk probably. He's probably has no problem there.
1: Yeah yeah but wait are you talking about his ass I'm confused no I'm talking about,
0: well I guess junk. I used the wrong uh, euphemism there I'm I'm saying that Luigi I think has a huge dong oh <laughs> like definitely
1: because he's scared all
0: the time you know he's kind of like eh. but then like yeah. bam
1: yeah he's, he's a, got it he's a shower you know he's not a girl. Oh, yeah, absolutely I mean it grows yeah. he shows and it grows <laughs> I, that's impressive then that's impressive Luigi's mansion big dick energy <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, definitely. Uh, I've also been playing Dead Space, um, which is oh, yeah. which is pretty topical given that we have the remake to talk about this week. Um, so I'm working on a video for the channel. Uh, for those who have seen The Life and Death of Sly Cooper, uh, it's a kind of documentary style skit video uh, that goes over the history of Sly Cooper and where it is now. Uh, we're gonna do a similar thing with dead space and the timing couldn't have been better because as i started up this project uh we've had rumors of the dead space remake so we're gonna try to get that out before ea play to sort of synchronize with that and while the attention's high maybe the video will do a little bit better but um as i am the psychopath i am i don't like to make videos uh retrospectively on games and sort of just talk out my ass i don't think that makes for good content um, and also, I wanted to refamiliarize myself. You know, what did I like, dislike with Dead Space? How did it age? And um, more than anything, the best skit ideas come to me when I play the game, and I think of like, how can I take this moment in the game and translate it into real life, and then create a story around it. That's typically my process. And so I am in chapter 11 of Dead Space 2 now, uh, which has 15 chapters, so we're almost done with that, and then we'll be moving on to Dead Space 3. Uh, provided if there's a way I can play the DLC I'll be doing that uh, mm. but this has been one of the best choices I've made this year going back to this survival horror franchise um and so I've been enjoying it immensely uh there's just some real impressive feats here it was a very forward thinking game came out in two thousand eight the first dead space um and so it was more I knew it was an impressive game but going back to the first one playing it and beating it for the first time and I, I think it I looked at my last achievement it was two thousand nine. Uh, and just completing it for the first time since that point in my life, where I had to have been a sophomore or a freshman in high school. That might have not even been then. I don't know, but I was young. I didn't know what was going on then. Um, surprised I even finished it at that point. And going back to it now, just it's it's impressive on a technical level, on gameplay and, and its its core, its pillars like the dismemberment, the sound, the atmosphere. Uh, the ship kind of being claustrophobic, just really good series. And then two just kicks it up a notch. I thought two was actually much scarier so far. And I've been enjoying it quite a bit, but have you played dead space before? I don't know if I've heard you speak on it.
0: I have played a little bit of it when it came out. And Mm. then I, uh, I can't remember if it was on this show or I don't know. We're on too many shows, Maddie, so I don't know where (laughs) I say things, but I like, I think I was, it wasn't, the right time for me like i was in when mm. did that game came out 2008
1: f- or 9 yeah the first one came out 2008
0: yeah I'll, i just wanted to play call of duty and halo at that point that. and so i picked up this game and i was like eh, this isn't what i want right now forgot about it mm-hmm. but now manny i just realized i was i was like oh it's only five dollars on steam right now i'm gonna buy that just realized mm-hmm. i already have it in my steam library oh so or game that's Pass. That's oh right on if, if you want to play 30 FPS.
1: That's true. Uh, That's how I'm playing it. But
0: yeah, well, I mean, more power to you if, if it doesn't bother you. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I might have to. I might have to peruse. Dead Space is interesting, Maddie. Um In this, well, okay, wait. I don't want to get into the news. Uh, well, I'll save. I'll save this take for the news. I'll bookmark it. Okay. Um, but I'm I'm glad to see you're you're going back. That's cool. And does the Xbox have? Any kind of, like, update? Like, is it higher resolution or anything? Uh,
1: I believe... I don't know if it up it entirely. I think there's scaling, of course, that you expect. That you expect. It's pretty much the Xbox One X version, is what I read. And I forgot what exactly that does. I think the biggest disappointment was there's no FPS boost. And with my luck, what's going to happen is they're going to announce FPS boost for the games when they right. re-reveal Dead Space. And they're going to say, hey, if you want to go play back the originals here on Xbox, they play best. Uh, I could totally see something like that happening um but as it stands now nothing crazy the uh i think there's auto hdr so
0: yeah i'm seeing a reddit post where someone's saying that the auto hdr in this game is is great dude yeah. i love that auto hdr is amazing i think it's yeah it helps it helps because
1: especially in dead space 2 where that game likes to turn the lights off on you a lot mm. uh a, a frequent amount and just leave you in the dark because you know they, they figured out that hey what if we put a flashlight on the gun what would happen then and so they like to flip the lights off on you and, and those darks get pretty dark. And uh, I think that's thanks to the auto HDR. It helps a lot.
0: Maybe that's a good stream game for me because it's not, yes, it's, it's not it's super not long. long,
1: right? Nine hours yeah. piece probably. First time Ooh. through, it might take you a little bit longer. Um, But second one's shorter than the first one. Third one's the longest. Third one's the most divisive because it kind of drops the survival horror elements for more... You want to play that with a friend is what I've, right. I've recognized is because they try to play some mental tricks with you with your co-op partner. And that's the more cool part of it. But mm. um, definitely goes against the grain for what the series is built on. Uh, but I think still good. But that is longer, too. But uh, that's what I've been playing, really, this past week, those two games. Anything else you wanted I'm to nice. toss into the mix?
0: Not really. I'm just still still grinding out on Destiny. Nice. Which I'm sure you're going to be hearing about a lot more Destiny on Duke now with uh, yeah, as yep. your co host. So Deal with cool, the devil but... there. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> yeah, other than that, um, Destiny, Mario Golf that's the only important stuff.
1: Gotcha. All right, then let's get into the news where we can uh, erect that bookmarked uh, thought you had because we're going to talk Dead Space Remake. Um, so this is actually really exciting. Like I said, the timing could not be better, at least for myself. Um, so we talked last week that a Dead Space game was in the works at EA Motive, and now we have a little bit more clarity on what it is, uh, thanks to an article from VentureBeat.com. We'll just read it word for word here. Go ahead, check it out, give it a click, be fair. Um, Electronic Arts has Star Wars Battlefront 2 co-developer Motive working on a new Dead Space game. Eurogamer and Gamatsu first reported the existence of the game and GamesBeat can confirm parts of what each outlet has heard. While new Dead Space is coming, Motive is rebooting the franchise with a full-fledged remake. I've reached out to EA for comment, and will update this story with any input from the publisher. For its Dead Space game, Motive is taking notes from Capcom's recent Resident Evil remakes. Like Resident Evil Remake 2... Resident Evil 2 remake, sorry. Expect the next next Dead Space to use the original game as a strong foundation, but it should also have modern visuals, and it will likely bring new gameplay mechanics expired by other entries i can hardly read today because i am tired i'm sorry i said expired instead of inspired and speaking of capcom it's likely a major reason a new dead space is happening while ea has let its horror franchise wither the resident evil series is larger than ever and capcom has provided an easy blueprint for ea to follow ea has likely also warms back up to the idea of producing single player adventures after the success of star wars jedi fallen order the publisher has made statements in the past about shifting its focus to live service games and that was part of the deliberate decision to invest in single-player experiences following the poor results of mirror's edge catalyst developer dice created mirror's edge catalyst and that game came and went for ea the next year dice released battlefront 2 which is even more of a disaster at launch and yet as a service dice was able to turn that game into success over time and ea will still pursue success in live service but now that may turn to single-player only franchises like dead space dragon age and mass effect to diversify. That business model. Uh, very, very, very excited about this. Even though motive, I don't really have a lot of trust. Dustin, if you're, uh, your bookmark thought is still lingering there in your brain, yeah. it's early. It's possible it may have fell out. But uh, would you like to, to pick up with that?
0: Yeah, I was just thinking that I'm glad to see. I feel like Hmm. I'm trying to figure out if this is the right take. I'm just going to say it anyway. I'll we'll see what you think. Maybe you can correct me here feel like we are starting to feel uh, a renaissance of a return to uh, I don't what am I looking for back to the way things were in some ways with video games mm-hmm. particularly you know in 2008 we have dead space we have you know single player games we're still we're, we're single player games the multiplayer games right. or multiplayer games within a few years after that, And I think probably because of the success of things like Call of Duty or whatever, suddenly everything needs to be have multiplayer, like Bioshock 2. Um, Dead Space 3, they wanted to make it more commercial. They add multiplayer. Uh, We see Resident Evil and other Japanese IPs try to westernize themselves to be more appealing. Mm. Devil May Cry is one. Resident Evil becoming more action-focused. Like i feel like in the early 2010s we saw a lot of series lose their way and suffer for it and maybe go away and so it's good i think that over the past five years we've seen a lot of these franchises pick up the pieces resident evil uh devil may cry which i know a lot of people like dmc i've never played it but i know it whether or not DMC is good or not isn't changed the fact of whether or not it should be it's what Devil May Cry is. Do you know right. what I mean? It can still be yeah. good, but not Devil May Cry, if that makes sense. It I've never played DNA. it. So... Yeah. yeah. So to see these fan favorite franchises that lost their way due to publishers chasing the golden goose of <laughs> services, multiplayer. Whatever, to see these franchises come back slowly and Dead Space is one of those that has been long dormant, people love, and now on the way back is just thrilling.
1: I agree entirely, and I'm I'm very excited. just yeah, it's it's um, a good time to be gaming. Uh, it, it typically is, but you know, like you said, you're starting to see it not turn into this live service conundrum that seems to typically boil down to I think EA is doing some smart stuff now, which maybe seems obvious to us, but it's not obvious to them as they have obligations to their shareholders. Um, for them to kind of let Bioware off the leash a little bit, let them do single player stuff. We're seeing this be a single player only game, um, and we're seeing a Jedi Fallen Order sequel for sure, which will be single player. Um, as you know, they—they they, it's good that they just understand like, hey, we're gonna be mega profitable with our ultimate teams and stuff, um, and let these let these sort of uh, as the article said, diversify the portfolio and give us a, a larger offering. Um, because what happens is situations like Anthem where um, not even the fact that EA pushed them into a live service game, but they may have been responsible for having Bioware try live service, but they also gave Bioware eight years to figure it out. So right. while, while it was Bioware's, uh, I'm sorry, EA's fault for pushing them in the first place, Bioware took eight years and still made something like crap. And it's like you just got to identify sometimes teams don't gel with certain things like Bioware as a whole is single player. Uh, motive has shown i'm going to use the word capability because both they've worked on star wars battlefront 2's campaign and squadrons and squadrons i liked on a gameplay level you know vr flying around my starship attention to detail they're good at that stuff and maybe having a framework like dead space one to just work off of will will guide them but there has not been anything on a narrative level Uh, Or a presentation level that has really blown me away with either of their games. In fact, I would argue the stories for both of them were pretty bad. Uh, Mm -hmm. So provided they're following the remake formula, um, I want to ask you a question. I know you haven't played the series much, but in the first game, Isaac Clark, main character, he's silent. Second and third, he speaks. What do they do for the remake? Do you think he talks from, from frame one?
0: hmm what was the reception to hearing him speak people kind of like uh,
1: like i think it made the games better i don't know the general reception i'll just say i think it made the games better because in the first one it's like isaac go do this isaac do this and you're kind of getting forked commands all around the ship The second one's a little more interactive where you're running into people and and you're kind of game planning and and doing all different things. And so Isaac can speak for himself and say, like, I'll do this and you do this. And it feels less like you're taking an order. So I think they're going to make him speak. But I almost think that immediately devalues what the the first game was was really. I mean, first one is just this. It's probably my favorite. You know, I love two, But at the same time, one is so pure. I wonder Her. if that gets lost in translation. Like, that's a huge decision to make right off the bat. You could tell in the first five seconds of the, of the game when they show it, it's like, okay, let's see what they're doing. Um, but, yeah, right. I'm, I'm a little uh, concerned on that front.
0: I'll be honest. I Most of the time, I would lean towards the fact that I do not like silent protagonists. Right. In that the problem is that so many developers can't decide if they want the silent protagonist to be an audience surrogate or not, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they give, they, they're they like, okay, he's silent, which usually to me is a mechanic to make it feel like this person is you. You're making the decisions, your thoughts. Their character isn't bleeding in t- to influence you. But then when you start to give them more and more personality and backstory, then it's like, well, that whole audience surrogate thing doesn't seem to kind of work as well, Mm. at least to me. Like I've always thought maybe this is a bold take. Like Persona 4, silent protagonist. When I watched the Persona 4 anime and they give the protagonist a voice and more of a character, I was like, damn, I wish this, this was his character in the game Mm. because he is a really funny, like he's the good natured, He's kind, just like your character in the game, but he had like, they were able to incorporate the fact that you could say some silly shit every once in a while. Yeah. And that's what I liked about the way they did it in the anime is that the main character was a little bit of a, a wild card. Um, hmm? So I feel like I just prefer to just do it, just make him a character um, Yeah, as long as they do it right.
1: I'm guessing it was probably budget reasons. It was their first game, and you know it was survival horror. How will this do? So I think they just probably made him silent for that reason and saved money. I anticipate them to do it that way, and I think the way you speak on it there opens my mind to it a lot more. Um, otherwise, I think one of the most exciting things that they can do with this remake is the Ishimura, which is this ship that the first game is set in, is, as I said, very claustrophobic, It's a lot of, like, tunnels to rooms, tunnels to rooms. It sort of narrows you down, that opens you up. Um, And the way they make that interesting is with diverse enemy encounters and really playing with the atmosphere through tech, like, lighting, sound. Uh, I remember one instance, it's probably my favorite part atmospherically so far in my trilogy replay, is you're walking down a hallway and you hear, like, a boom, boom. And it sounds like someone's kind of pacing around and you're like, Oh, there's a creature in the, in the tunnels above me or something. You know, they're probably going to drop down and scare me. And I turn the corner and it's just a guy literally like slapping his head against the wall over and over. Oh. And as you get closer, he just hits his head and slides down. It's like, Holy shit. Um, and so that toying with sound and the level of, I don't want to say the level of tech. Cause I can't act like I'm overly familiar with everything they're doing, but, you could see what they're trying to do with like baked in lighting and, and certain set pieces. Um and to to maybe see that take a more dynamic route with the remake and for them to open up the ship and make it more explorable and add some extra rooms. Um I'm very kinda of like what they did with Resident Evil Two, right? They, they yeah. it was it was a remake where it was where it was faithful, but yet they definitely made it more modern in its exploration, and its secrets, and um I'm just I'm very excited to see how they handle that because it could be better in the original that's the thing it has a chance to sure
0: yeah betty you made me think of one funny thing because i actually think i remember that part of that of dead space the guy banging oh, his really? head. wow but one <laughs> this is maybe i don't want it to come off as nitpicky it's just something funny that i remember mm-hmm. i remember in the first game that they tried to do the jump scare uh where there's someone or like a monster or whatever dead on the ground Oh, and yeah. then they like come to life and
1: they do that they, all pull the time.
0: <laughs> it, they pull it too many times. And I'm like, motherfucker, I know you're alive. You mm-hmm. can't get me this time. And maybe that's the point um, is that Isaac gets, you know, wises up to the fact that these dudes are trying to, you know, nip at his balls or whatever when he yeah. walks, when he steps I mean, over him. What's but,
1: incredible is that sometimes they'll get you pretty good and you'll shoot the body being like, I know you're alive and it's dead. And it's like, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good series though and for those who may be wondering you know should we wait for the remake should you play the originals i think because the originals are short enough we're talking like nine hours a game um obviously the third one like i told dustin being the longest and you visceral nailed it by the way they did an excellent job like each of these games i think are great uh the first two being the best in the series but still each of these games are great EA Motive isn't proven enough to me to just wild recommend and go wild recommend you wait. I would say if you're curious about these games, um, that playing them might actually get you more interested in the remake. Um, Not sure what they'll show, um, but I'm just saying that this is a situation where people have the opportunity to, through Game Pass or through owning it already, uh, you can compare much easier. It's much more accessible, and especially with the length of the game, it's even more accessible. So I do recommend uh, giving them a, a look over once again. Um, you'd be surprised how well they've aged. They don't really... It's 2008 was an interesting year because this is the second game I've played from that year in the last, I'd say, uh, 10 months. The, the one before that was Lost Odyssey. And Lost Odyssey was another game that came out in that year. And I thought, wow, this feels like a modern release in a lot of ways. Like, you don't really feel its age all too often. Um, and so... Just my personal recommendation. Uh, Dustin, anything else you want to tack on for Dead Space?
0: No, I think I think we covered it pretty good.
1: Yeah, I'm proud of us. We did a great job there. All right. Now, with uh, Dead Space done, let's move into PlayStation Acquisitions. So, there have been quite a few this week. I'm sure it's been a fun episode of Sacred Symbols. Um, now, wow, where do we begin with that? So... We have learned that, of course, they have acquired Housemark. Um, that's been welcomed into the PlayStation first-party family. Um, there was a leak, which slipped through uh, PlayStation Japan, that seemed to acknowledge that Bluepoint is joining the PlayStation first-party family. And then, kind of a little bit of a curveball here. They and please correct me if I say this wrong. They announced that the Dutch studio Nixes. Nixus yeah software. we didn't
0: know how to say it on sacred we just ah. assumed it was nixus yeah nixus software
1: like who is uh known more so for like PC ports it seems um mm-hmm. which is pretty good get for them as well given that it it really indicates uh their how serious they are about bringing their games to PC and um I think Carrick put a tweet out that I wanted to shout out because it was a pretty well played uh, it was well said where it, it mentioned how um you know, a lot of people are going to have to build a new bridge because these were sort of the go-to guys for these PC ports. Um, so they helped with the, uh, they helped with the Killzone Shadowfall, uh, launch as well. I'm reading a tweet here on Herman Holst's account. Um, so they've worked together in the past and I'm very excited for PlayStation. They seem to be getting a little more aggressive in their own creative way. Dustin, what do you, what do you make of this? Not the biggest pop kind of like a, a Bethesda, but I think it's because some of these were expected. They weren't out of left field. They weren't uh, the level of, Hey, we've just bought nine studios or whatever. Um, right. so what do you, what do you make of everything has transpired this week with PlayStation?
0: Yeah. PlayStation's making moves that are not surprising for them, but I still think good moves. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, obviously house Mark, awesome studio made tons of great games, just made right. returnal. Uh, which was great, and I think that um, I guess with uh, let's, let's take all this into account as well. Of, co- of course, uh, the Blue Point thing, which by the way, for anyone who doesn't know the story, PlayStation Japan put out a, a tweet announcing House Mark, but the image said Blue Point, and you're like, right. oh, well, maybe some dumb intern put the wrong logo. Well, it was beyond just the logo because. They had all these slices of games yeah and so for the Housemark one it had returnal and the blue point one they had demon souls yeah. uh so it's more than just an accidental thing this is happening like there's no mm-hmm. doubt in my mind like why would this image just exist on accident it doesn't make yeah. any sense so blue point will inevitably be announced uh and then of course this uh pc porting studio they kind of the last decade or so have worked on Square Enix games porting those to PC and I think that you know instantly the the fanboy wars on Twitter I dude I, I fucking saw this when when Housemark got announced there was someone instantly like one of the top comments that were like wow you really think this compares with Bethesda and then they put like uh. the Metacritic score of Returnal versus some Bethesda it was so stupid I'm like no No. like here's the thing that we got to look at with Xbox and PlayStation is I think that obviously there's so much talent in the studios that that was a big aspect of the purchase Mm. but a lot of that purchase was for IP because Xbox they've got some IP but they don't have anywhere close to, at least at the time, they didn't have anywhere close to PlayStation's Mm -hmm. level of IP or like iconic IP, we'll say. They got Halo, they got Gears, of course, Um, but nowhere near the level of PlayStation. So Sony's acquisitions aren't going, I don't think that IP is a major factor in what they're looking for. They're looking for teams that, first of all, fit in their culture, which Housemark they've worked with a ton, um, and can make games that they think fit for their audience, which is something like Returnal. Whatever, not that that wouldn't fit for Xbox, but I don't know. So, and then you look at Bluepoint. Bluepoint is the perfect studio to buy for a company that has a, a huge wealth of not only active IP but dormant IP. Mm. Maddie, your beloved beloved Sly Cooper, being I one know. of them. I know. Or the rumor you know,
1: is Metal Gear, but active. right.
0: After which Metal Gear just. is interesting because that wouldn't uh, that wouldn't help my point here because, you know, they'd be <laughs> getting that IP from Konami. But either way, I think that that would still be cool. But mm. that's just one project. So and then, of course, finally. Uh, Nixus, right? Yeah, Nixus. PlayStation is bringing their games to PC like across the board. Uh, not day and date. I don't think. I think they're going to be delayed. It's going to be a long time before you see a PS5 game on PC. But they definitely they saw huge money from their other releases, and they they mm-hmm. weren't. So they're like, yeah, obviously this makes sense, and I agree with them. I think it's a fantastic thing for them to bring these uh these particularly the the games that have run their course on PlayStation, right. Horizon days gone uh what was the other one that they brought oh
1: uh,
0: uh horizon days gone uh
1: why am i was it just
0: up? those two i mean death stranding was one but that was kind of separate because yeah i think that's what games. i was thinking of yeah anyway yeah. there's so many that make sense now to bring over uncharted i think uncharted was in that that document uh from a few weeks ago so i'm, I'm guessing that'll be there uh there's rumors about ghost of tsushima um not that really one seems a, a little soon i think it might be i don't know we'll see i i kind of think that that's not how ha- i know that that was the rumor but now that they announced that director's cut which we're going to get into yeah
1: it'll push it back um, for sure
0: so anyway i think that people uh, i'm not and i'm not accusing this of you maddie because i know that you understand um i think that people need to stop looking at this as like a uh, a dollars to dollars or like studio, like direct comparison you got to look at yeah. what the needs are of each of these companies and obviously I'm not trying to say that these purchases are on the level of a Bethesda clearly not right but it makes perfect sense for Sony to acquire these teams for what they need
1: exactly exactly and I said this in my video about it that it's exciting cuz They did state they're not in an arms race with Xbox, which makes sense because not to sound elitist when I say it like this, but I don't think they can afford to be. I think Microsoft would eventually outbid them. And that's sort of why I like what PlayStation's doing, which is taking this pure partnership approach, saying, you know, let's work with these people extensively. How smart they've worked with since the PS3. Uh, We've seen them really team up with Bluepoint more frequently since Shadow of the Colossus. Um, not that they haven't handled other games for PS3, but that was really where I think they started to work closer with PlayStation, and then we saw the Demon Souls remake. Um, they team up with these guys and gals for years and years, and then they buy them out, which I think effectively lowers their asking price, um, and I think as they create a good relationship, it makes them want to be a part of PlayStation because there's familiar grounds there. Um, once again, it, I think it's becoming more and more valuable to these developers where Teams are offering offering safety. They're saying, hey, we will keep you employed. We will keep you protected. You need a check. We've got the check. Um, that matters I... so much to developers. Um, and so they're they're starting to, to sell off more and more. Um, so I think this is smart also because while Xbox sort of is doing this, right, you handle, hand off Fable to um, Playground or you hand off Perfect Dark to the Initiative, they don't really have a dedicated remake studio or a dedicated port studio. So there's something kind of exciting if you know in the pipeline for PlayStation, what's our next remake? Um, and it's not just going to be... Like, as exciting as Dead Space Remake is, I did like how EA Motive was trying to do these newer things, like Star Wars Squadrons. That was kind of new. We hadn't seen a Starship game in some time, especially in the Star Wars universe. Um, and to th- then take that talent that's developing new stuff and say, like, let's work on this remake, even though they don't have, like, a heritage with it. Um, just to have a studio that's known for remakes, quality remakes, and they just handle them consistently, I think is a really good tool because you don't have to really worry about is Sucker Punch going to go back and now suddenly remake Sly Cooper? As much as I would love that, I'm also a fan of them just moving on and making new stuff and leaving now a studio dedicated to remakes to do that. So I, I like how they've addressed the, the needs and sort of, play something in the pipeline ever so delicately that that's exciting and at the same time in the same week um really secured their pc front and kind of made a statement to their customers that were serious about this have you played um the days gone pc porks i know the horizon one was pretty spotty was the days gone one an improvement
0: so the horizon one was spotty at launch but i'm pretty sure it's very good now okay uh i, I i'm not 100 certain on that but i know that they like made a huge profit eventually from it so if it was if it was still horrendously bad i would assume that the sales would be bad but who knows mm-hmm. uh the days gone one was very good i was running it like 4k 100 frames per second on my nice. 3080 and it looked really good it's like i don't know if i really want to play this but i, I checked <laughs> it out um since it was uh, a yeah. part of handsome phantom stuff but um, so yeah, I mean, but that one was Unreal Engine, so they were already kind of like halfway there as opposed to getting Decima for, uh, Horizon, which I guess there probably was some work done because of Death Stranding, but, right. um, the thing, Manny, the only other two thoughts that I really had about these, this Sony stuff is, um, that I think are worth mentioning is that I think that Sony probably got Mark really cheap, um, they didn't
1: even share a price, so.
0: Yeah, because uh, Next Machina didn't sell super well. Uh, Matterfall, I don't know how Matterfall did. That was one of the games they partnered with Sony. They were working on Storm Divers, and that kind of seemed to have, at least from the outside, a tumultuous development. You know, another Battle Royale game. It was a very crowded market. And then Returnal was born out of that. And so I think that they were kind of lost in what to do because you know their whole mo was arcade style games and so i think they've kind of found a happy medium Mm -hmm. the last thing maddie i would just want to mention is that as we're talking about acquisitions is that uh let's see this was back in april is i'm trying to remember if it was at a where sony stated this i'm looking at an article now this is on uh wait which site i want to find a different site that's more uh, okay, games for radar. Sony will start aggressively investing in first-party studios. They invested hundred and eighty million dollars into first-party this year. Mm. So you can look at that. I mean, Insomniac was like what two hundred million, some in that yeah, range. Yeah, I
1: think it was two twenty-nine. Two twenty. 220. That was exactly So, it.
0: so I think that Sony is looking at this at like instead of you know maybe instead of buying a lot more studios, like buying up a bunch to try to compete on Microsoft's level as far as studio count. What if we can just make more games with our existing studios and try to expand culture? And we've already heard the rumors about Last of Us and Naughty Dog. Like Naughty Dog's working on uh, factions. They're working on this Last of Us remake. And supposedly also there's some Uncharted project. So clearly, and also Insomniac. I mean, look at their output as well. So It's interesting. Uh, I guess it's the case of like w- which is easier or better for managing would you rather manage more studios that make games or would you rather manage less studios that are bigger so I don't I don't know I'm not a
1: it's a good manager point I or, never thought like of it that, that way. I, but I, I, hmm. yeah that that is an interesting question I never considered that really and certainly if they execute it right then Insomniac wouldn't be the only station or a a developer in their stable that did that kind of multi-game output in maybe the same year or year in change uh, like they did with miles morales and and uh, ratchet and clank rift apart um right yeah that's hmm that really gets me thinking that's kind of smart of them uh and and just you know kind of secure what's already halfway there right where they they got these studios that made sense and and now they're going to invest in them as well Um, It makes you wonder what the turnaround time for these games are. Will those droughts be as big? Uh, It's exciting. It's really exciting. And whether they're in arms race or not, I find it hard to believe that they're not acting on, you know, they don't acquire studios often. Right. They don't. Right. Uh, Believe Colin had written that this was the second acquisition in a decade. First, it's Insomniac. And to see them do two in the same week like look you're not they're not in an arms race with microsoft and i believe that 100 percent. they're not going out randomly buying people they and not that microsoft didn't form a partner, partnership with bethesda but you could see the extensive long-term work done with someone like Housemark, um where it's very different from bethesda game studios where they did oblivion and morrowind and their versions of certain games were and dlc were better and came first to xbox like there was a partnership there but it wasn't really on other games as strong or as prominent where there was something but um i really love playstation's kind of game plan here um because they are in some way responding to xbox they're not they're not competing with them but they are responding and sort of gobbling up what's theirs And i think a lot of that's because um you don't want to risk them walking i think that almost happened with insomniac right you'd have to imagine uh, it came pretty close. Maybe not that Xbox was going to buy them, but they did team up with Xbox for an exclusive. Um, they played both sides of the fence. Uh, they went over and made Sunset Overdrive. So right. wonder if that may have been part of a wake-up call with then seeing Microsoft invest big with Bethesda of, hey, let's start wrapping people up a little bit quicker. And I think you'll see that more often as their relationships develop.
0: Yeah, Definitely. That's the thing, too. Um, I mean, real real quick, something we talked about on Sacred Symbols is, like, who is there really left even to buy? Uh, you know, we're kind of seeing the end of a lot mm-hmm. of independent studios because they're getting bought. Um, obviously, a few that come to mind are, like, there's Ko- uh, Kojima, but I don't think that he really fits because he's already talked about the fact that he sees Kojima Productions as doing more than just games. They want to do movies or whatever right. so i don't know if he's he's wanting to tie himself down again especially after konami yeah right you know there's there's from software but i don't know i they're they're so successful a... they don't
1: need hmm. to be bought no i agree and that's what i was saying about these acquisitions is they may not be the most surprising but that's kind of good like I kind of want right. what happened with Bethesda and Xbox to be a once a generation thing, where you wake up and suddenly all these studios are gone. Um, if it starts becoming commonplace, I think that's cause for concern. Um, yeah. But as for other studios standing, I mean, there's there have been lingering rumors of Warner Bros. Games. There are other independent ones that have been linked to Xbox, like IO Interactive, uh, Avalanche, and I hope Crytek, not. and. Yeah, I think Warner Bros games would probably be the biggest swing of them all just cuz of the, you know, studios and potential IP you get out of that. Uh that'd be really interesting to see probably Microsoft who would swing that deal. Um but yeah, as long, you know I want these studios to remain independent, but I'd rather that than like Warner Bros games just shuttering their entire game division and and doing nothing with it. I think they're wise enough to sell it off if they need to, but um, I would rather keep them around underneath one of these stables, if possible. But Dude, yeah, I think it's starting to wind down with the, the big acquisitions.
0: I just saw a rumor a few days ago. I had no idea this is true. Um, although a lot of people wrote about it. One of the guys that teased the Ghost Tsushima expansion also was saying something about Sony buying Arc System Works, which... Ooh, smart. The, That would make sense to me because we're seeing the seeds of Sony's esports. They bought Evo. Yep. uh, They uh, what's that team that had that really awkward announcement? Fire, fire Fire something. Firewatch. Fire. Not Firewatch. Um, Um, the one that has the old like ex Call of Duty guys. um,
1: Oh, Deviation.
0: No, I'm trying to remember. It was at the Summer Game Fest where they announced they're like, we can't even tell you the title of the game. Uh oh, that's probably why fires. I don't remember anyway. The, Sony is clearly laying the seeds of um esports, like they patent that weird like betting thing with esports as well. Oh, I didn't know that. And so, them buying Arc System
1: makes that sense. could make it. Se-
0: I mean, they in the past they they flirted around with this, they bought exclusivity for Street Fighter 5. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's that game never came to Xbox, it came to PC, of course, but um yeah so that'd be interesting
1: i agree that's that'd be a really cool get for them i i fucking love arc system but that would be just another bullet in xbox when it comes to their fighting game scene which i could just go on and on about how dead that is there it's just i mean part of it's it's in parts of their controller like they're just not Mm. it's not a good fighting game controller even on the series x which i think is probably my favorite controller it's just not ideal if you're playing a fighting game because it's too clicky it needs yeah to be soft soft to the touch right
0: i mean if they, that would be inter- if they ha- if they buy uh warner brothers then maybe they could get mortal kombat but
1: yeah yeah right that would that would be ideal for them you know because they're they're looking for a partner for killer instinct and i'm thinking to myself hmm what if right what if you get another realm how does that end up um, it'd be interesting to see how they match them up. If I were Microsoft and I got NetherRealm, just let them do whatever the hell they want. They'll, they'll print money and, and do a good job with it regardless. All right, Dustin, last bit of news, and then we'll get into our patron questions, is Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. It was announced this week as well. It was a very, very popping week for PlayStation. Before we read the news, I do want to just dive into, with all these announcements, we talked about a state of play rumor Last week. Do you still think that happens?
0: I think it does. Um, but I think not till August. Because here's a, a rumor that I read. I don't want to say heard. Because when I say heard, it makes it sound like I have an inside source. I just read this on the internet. But it made sense. It, it's believable to me. The rumor that I read said that Sony wanted to do a state of play around right now and uh, they aren't able to because part of the state of play or whatever it is, PlayStation Experience, PlayStation Showcase, whatever it's called, part of the showcase is supposed to be the new Call of Duty. And as with many other rumors we've heard, is that Activision is having a very hard time with this Call of Duty, and it is, it is uh, not shaping up as quickly as they would like. And so this rumor was saying that the state of play... Has been delayed to august because activision isn't ready to show call of duty quite yet Hmm. this makes some sense to me in the fact that like you said we got all these playstation announcements we got the go tsushima we got the studio announcement and then take this as the biggest wild card Mm -hmm. the abandoned app that was supposed to come out Ah. last week with blue box games was delayed till august at Mm. the last minute Okay? They they first delayed it from Tuesday to Friday. Right? And then Friday rolls around and they say, "Ooh. Uh we actually need two months uh, or over a month." It's like, "Wait. A few days ago you needed 3 days and now yeah. you need a month?" That's weird. I mean, yeah. now, now granted, everything is weird about Blue Box. Uh, yeah, but that's true. <laughs> all of these things point to the fact to me that it's like yeah, they were planning on doing it now, and mm-hmm. then something happened. Because, dude, this director's cut announcement—this is bigger than a tweet, you know—and oh, right. a PlayStation blog post. I but agree. I'm thinking that they were like, "Fuck, we can't wait for that." When it, when does this come out,
1: Maddie? August 20th. So yeah, it's, they were it like, "Been too short if they waited till August." I feel
0: right. This this announcement was was destined for a state of play, and then they were like, "Fuck." We can't do
1: it. I agree entirely. And um, I just wanted to pick your brain on that because it was something I was thinking about based off our conversation last week on the state of play rumors. And I think it makes entire sense. And the conspiracy theorist in me wants to to buy into that blue box is a big connection to that. Like, I think that's the bigger symbol than Call of Duty. Right. (laughs) Right.
0: Well, I would. Okay, here's to lightly touch on blue box. I would say that with. 95 percent certainty that there is something going on that's weird and they're being sneaky about it with sony Mm -hmm. like kojima i'm not as so certain on anymore i'm kind of like there are there are obviously clear connections i can't i'm not as positive it definitely well could be but there's definitely something below the surface involving sony and this game so that's why i'm like yeah this that makes total sense to me kojima eh, i don't know
1: Hmm. as for what occurred this week which was the director's cut being announced for ghost of tsushima there's a lot of new content coming we're going to sift through the playstation blog and uh go over what's what's heading to the re-release of this excellent playstation exclusive that dropped last year behind the last of us part two uh, first is a new expansion called Iki Island. The PlayStation blog reads: If you're a history buff, you may know that in addition to Tsushima, the neighboring island of, uh, of Iki was also invaded during this time period. Today, we're excited to reveal that a whole new chapter in Jin's journey is coming and will take place on Iki. In this new story, Jin travels to the island to investigate rumors of a Mongol presence, but soon he finds himself caught up in events with deeply personal stakes that will force him to relive some traumatic moments from his past. We'll have more to share about the story of Iki soon. Maybe that's that state of play. But today, we can confirm beyond a whole new story and new characters, this island also features tons of new content, including brand new environments to explore, new armor for Jin as well as his horse, new mini-games, new techniques, new enemy types, and much more. There are even new animals to pet. On both platforms, Director's Cut will offer new trophies to unlock for the new Iki content. So we'll stop there. Dustin, I know that PlayStation's done these, these expansions before. They did Frozen Wilds. I never got to that um i've never really dipped my toes into some of these playstation expansions they did first life for infamous that wasn't crazy to me i did play that though um because i wanted to play something on my ps4 at the time yeah this is one i will absolutely sit down for though uh do you share that sentiment is is Eki island calling the name of the Furman?
0: yes Excellent. most definitely i um i'm excited i think that i'm excited in that I never went and did like I never went and platinumed Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. I did play through all the story and a good amount of the side quests, but not all of them. But I got a good fill. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like, mm, you know what? That would that would be a nice way to uh, pop back in to that universe. And of course, we didn't touch on this yet, but the PS5 version is also very tempting. I love to see, dude. It's such a beautiful game already. I can't I know. even imagine.
1: Yes, so that's the other thing, is that in addition to that, they are fixing the Japanese lip sync that was off in the original version. They also said there will be adaptive triggers and haptic feedback, 3D audio on PS5, drastically improved load times, 4K resolution options, and frame rate targeting 60 frames per second uh if you already own ghost of tsushima on ps4 you'll be able to transfer your save to ps5 to pick up where you left off so for people like me you we can take our save and literally just dive right back in for new players the new Iki island content will be available at the beginning of act two in ghost of tsushima after you made your way to the toyotama region they don't really specify there if you have beat the game you can just kind of backtrack to that island but i'm assuming that you can right uh alongside other updates they say that anyone who already owns ghost of tsushima will be able to download a patch containing some of the new updates once again many of these updates are directly thanks to the constant stream of feedback that they've been receiving since launch all players will receive a patch with some new accessibility options for alternate controller layouts as well as the option to enable target lock on during combat oh this was shit very very big right we were we were talking about this everyone was talking about this i feel Uh, When when the game was around was this is one of the big hangups with combat is not being able to just lock on to someone and pick your target. Very curious to see how the conversation changed on combat with that in mind. Uh, There will also be the ability to hide your quiver during gameplay, which I guess people had a problem with. Um, They'll be also releasing some new updates, including an all new mode that they're excited to detail for the Ghost of Tsushima Legends. So the multiplayer is getting an expansion, so we'll pause there again because there's still pre-orders to go over with monetary concerns. Uh, but what do you make of some of the bells and whistles coming to the PlayStation Five? Is it is it is it justified? Are you you pumped for this too?
0: Yeah, I think that um, I don't know it's always exciting. the The Dual Sense, I mean, I'm always become I'm becoming more and more of a fan of it. Uh, so I'm excited for those aspects. Of course, the four K. 60 very nice 3d audio If it's done well like man the returnal 3d audio was really good with Mm. headphones like that game was really neat to play uh the the i think it's so i get it but the fact that they're like oh the lip sync will be good this time as like a big feature i'm like come on like you should be embarrassed uh i agree i mean not embarrassed but like
1: I think embarrassed. I think that's kind of like, just do it quietly. Just do it quietly.
0: dude. I booted up that game. When I first played that game, I was like, fuck yeah, I'm playing this in Japanese. It's going to be like a Kurosawa movie. I didn't play the Kurosawa mode, uh, which I think we talked about that pretty extensively, that it like fucked up the audio and stuff. But I wanted right. it to be in Japanese. With subtitles. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the, the, the mouth. It doesn't. What? Like, it was so shocking to me that they would do that. Yeah. Um, Which I get it. You can't do it you can't have everything at once sometimes at launch, but I'm also like, that's pretty don't don't like, they kind of like, were are like play it in Japanese. Like they mm-hmm. made it a big emphasis that you could do that. And then it sucked. I was like, Oh, that's
1: mm-hmm. odd. So and they got a good voice talent for it too. That was the other right? part. So,
0: yeah. So Maddie, real quick, let's talk about this, the pricing structure. Cause I think this is very interesting. Yes. So, if you uh, pre-order and upgrade to the Director's Cut on PS4, so if you have the PS4 version currently, you get the Director's Cut version with the DLC for $20. Uh, if you buy the Director's Cut on PS4, you'll be able to upgrade to Director's Cut PS5 anytime for $10. But, wait. Okay, wait. If you buy the Director's Cut version on PS4, you can get it upgraded to the PS5 version for $10. dollars hmm Oh, good lord Matty mm. if you can okay and then lastly if you have Ghost of Tsushima on PS4 you pop it in your PS5 you want the Director's Cut version with the DLC
1: $30 they are which, just nickel and dime in you man big time
0: if they were just like hey $30 for the expansion I'd be like alright fine it's weird to me though if you buy the Director's Cut version on PS4 and you want it to be the PS5 version 10 bucks Dude, come on, yeah. just read the room with Xbox right now. Yeah. Read the fucking room. And all these yeah. free PS5 upgrades. If you already fucking buy the director's cut version on PS4, just fucking give it to the upgrade for free.
1: They like want the $70 big time with that, right? And exactly. I I totally get what you're saying, like read the room. Just cuz I I I see where PlayStation's coming from. They they probably once again, this is why it's great to have Microsoft at your back, because you could maybe just say, ah, give it to them for free. Let them upgrade for free. Sure. But I also don't... I'm The thing is, is I'm tired of Microsoft's pockets, like, dwarfing PlayStation so much that people almost feel bad for them. They go, look, you know, they can charge us $10. It's like, no. No, they can no. afford to give you the free upgrade. I promise you. They absolutely can. Right. Like... Not the expansion, by the way. Sorry, I want to just clarify. Not the expansion, not the DLC, just the upgrade from PS4 to PS5. You've already bought the game.
0: Right. Yeah, that's how I feel about it, too, is that it's, like, absolutely content you should pay for. I'm I'm fine with that. Developers work very hard. And I guess, I mean, to play devil's advocate with myself, you could argue, like, well, there's a lot of work put into these PS5 versions. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I get that. But at the same time, it's like, they just put out a Doom Eternal upgrade for PS5. Wasn't God was of War free? free? Well, God of War is not a PS5 app. Oh, so okay. it is limited. Like, it doesn't use DualSense. It doesn't have 3D audio. Okay. Um. So, I, I don't know. There's just so many games that do the PS5 version for free that I'm like, you just kind of should go with the the market on
1: this it's weird just because it's a first party thing right you think the first party would be the one to give it out for free but in fact the one charging you at least that's how i would expect it
0: right it's like man like smart delivery is just look is just better all the time like this Mm -hmm. idea which i guess not all games are smart smart delivery but all xbox first party is smart delivery right Yes, I can't. I can't think of any Sorry. games that they, they have are like asking people to pay for the the upgrade from Microsoft first party. But
1: yeah, it is definitely frustrating because as, like their offering is strong um, on the tech front. They're kind of just I feel offering basic PS5 features that we've seen across many games, and so that's good, you know, especially a game that utilizes bow and arrow. I think that's where the adaptive triggers feel their best. So, I'm excited about something along those lines. Um, I'm not excited for I I don't know if how you feel about adaptive triggers. I don't like them though. I genuinely don't. You know, playing Resident Evil mm. 7 just like that ik, kuh, ik, like this clunky feeling. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like I'm pulling the trigger I'm like, you're just in the way, man. It's it's It feels like something's breaking in my controller. Um, and so for me, seeing some of these updates, especially with Batcompat, one of the first games I fired up when I got my PS5 was Ghost of Tsushima. And it already was loading quicker. It already looked great, ran in 60. So some of the stuff that they're selling, some, very couple of parts, were kind of already there, uh, where I feel it's a bit of a reach now. With the $10 tag. Um, yeah. But yeah, what do you think of adaptive triggers and all that stuff? I like the haptic feedback, but the adaptive triggers don't really do it for me.
0: It depends on the game and the in- implementation. I think that Resident Evil was a little weird at times. Uh didn't feel quite right. But I think that Ratchet & Clank was awesome. I thought that they did a fantastic job with those adaptive triggers. I think that it's some of the like I think maybe with Resident Evil, it's like there's too much resistance, and so it like takes away from my ability to play. It feels like in a way, mm. I don't like that. Ratchet and Clank though, I felt like had a nice in between. Um, also, Returnal I thought was pretty good in that like you when you aim down sight, you press the left trigger down, and so you just have to lightly press it to aim down sight. want to use the alt fire of the weapon you have to click and it wasn't Mm -hmm. like a heavy click but it was noticeable it was like uh comparable to the gamecube controller in a way and i really like i thought that was a really interesting idea this uh using the adaptive triggers not just for feeling but for function Mm -hmm. uh is a very interesting concept that i was thought housemark did a fantastic job with so i think we're still in the early stages not everyone's getting it quite right. right um but we'll That's see true. how it goes.
1: Yeah, but regardless, this is exciting. Definitely going to be picking this up. Looking forward to going back to Ghost of Tsushima, August 20th. Um, so not much of a long wait either, which I'm happy about. I am I think the release timing for this is wise, especially as probably we learn more about Horizon. And if that does come out at the end of this year, I think that'll be uh, even more excellent. Where Ghost of Tsushima is just... You know, see if they can go two for two here and just tucking away their game, right? They're tucking away here in August. Last year they tucked away in July, found a lot of success there. It's a good summer game. So I'm looking forward to getting back into that. Anything more you want to add, or shall we get into the patron questions? I think I
0: think that was good.
1: All right, good, perfect. Good conversation. All right, cool. So with that, we get into the patron questions. Uh, I just want to say that this episode will definitely be shorter than our usual. The reason I say that is because we only have a handful. It might be because we're recording earlier where some of our questions Mm -hmm. do come in day and date. uh, So we do apologize to those who who get missed in in this week's episode. Um, But anyway actually wow this is wild someone's writing as we speak it's my fat cock he's writing in the yeah he's writing writing in the patron question section as we speak so we are going to have one more uh but anyway first one goes to golden goose thank you for writing in golden goose and you mentioned a golden goose at the top of the show dustin uh howdy gentlemen this question might be a little late to the party but how come everyone is kind of being down on forza horizon 5 demo from e3 I know not everyone is super into racing games, but for Microsoft, this is going to be one of their bigger games this year, coming from a studio that has, in my opinion, a pretty fantastic pedigree. I feel like Halo would have had a demo uh, that long. It would have been raved about, even though 343 has had some pretty mixed releases. For me, Playground Games is an amazing company. They get brushed to the wayside because they make racing games. Thanks for the amazing content. and Keep up the amazing work. Thank you, Golden Goose. Appreciate you writing in. Um... I feel like this is just targeting me. I feel like I'm the only one who who and I I've clarified it so many times, but I don't I haven't seen like widespread upsetment about uh the Forza Horizon 5 demo. I was the only one who in the middle of watching it. I even afterwards I was like, look, I was probably overreacting." But like in the middle of watching it, I was like pretty disgruntled cuz I was like, "Dude, just move mm. on. Enough, I get it."
0: Right. Have you seen well-
1: something on this?
0: My only thing is just that I don't know. I was thinking that maybe it's just like, even though Forza horizon is very successful, it's still not as a broad appeal as a game like halo, which golden goose brought up that no one would complain about that. But I think that part of it too, is that the the demo or the, the video wasn't there like the cheesy game speak stuff. That's like, Hey man, coming up behind you. Yeah. Like, Microsoft cannot get away from that. They can have their best showcase in fucking years and they still do the cheesy game speak stuff that no one talks like everyone gets on discord and they're like, what's up bitch. Like to your friend, like that's what it's actually like, you know?
1: Yeah. Imagine Um, they did that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They're like, what's up? You fucking asshole. You're like, yeah, whatever you, you dick. Like, you know, stuff like that. So, um, part of me feels like you can have, you can say more with less depending on the situation. I agree. Um, I'm almost kind of against like, was it a 10 minute trailer for that?
1: It was nine, 10 minutes long. I'm
0: kind of against, I think I would have, I don't want to say this universally, but I feel like I'm kind of against 10 minute dives overall in a showcase. Like, let me think, I'm trying to remember like how long uh, I'm trying to remember how long God of war the uh fantastic god of war reveal from that many e3s ago now holy shit that was 15 wow it's a 15
1: minute well depends i feel like your show ender can be long this was not their show ender it was one of their show closing uh showcases I really I, I hate to keep beating the dead horse on this one, but just to make my point clear, my only thing that I was annoyed about with Forza Horizon Five is we learned after the showcase there was more to be shown across many games, and mm. not that Forza Horizon Five is bad or that I've undersold it. So many people are so convinced it's like no 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 no. I understand the success that Forza will bring. Horizon's very popular. Horizon Four, one of the most popular Game Pass games. But you can very quickly understand what a racing game will provide on a graphical level, on an exploration level, in, in the case of Forza Horizon, and on a driving level in probably five minutes. And when you start to right. see afterwards, there was more for Halo, there was more for Starfield, there was more for many games to show, not just talk, show. Um, I do think it was a missed call. I 100% believe it's a missed call. They are a top-tier studio. They do amazing work. For me, seeing uh, uh, Horizon 5, I'm going to play it. I'm looking forward to it. But for me, it's more exciting to be like, this is what they're going to use for Fable. But I think people are kidding themselves if they don't think that, hey, we saw like physically afterwards in the case of Starfield and Halo, there was way more to show. And that there should they should have spread the wealth more. I'm sorry, but if you cut that demo in half, made it five minutes, and you gave five more to Halo or two more to Starfield and three more to Halo... I think that makes a difference. I 100% think that makes a difference. Just my opinion, but um, I think people are kidding themselves if that was not something Microsoft was considering, for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, beyond that, though, uh, I don't think anyone's really upset. I'm not upset, and uh, I think people are fine with what happened with Forza because it's going to be a good game. I have no doubt about that. There's very few games you can kind of just check off for xbox and go yep this will probably nail it Uh, this is one of them though um yeah playground's gonna do a good job with it i have no doubt they're very good
0: proven franchise that continually makes it and the thing is that they don't need to reinvent the wheel ah that was no pun intended i I caught it though they don't need to you know change it up um they just need to do new cars new tracks new location a few new modes and it'll be great um and that's what people expect and I would think it would be weird to expect anything more than that.
1: All right, next question comes from Gothic Hello Kitty. Uh Sup Super Sausage Sons. Discord has some Easter eggs built into it. Like if you spam the Discord icon on the upper left hand, you get different audio sounds when Discord launches. Or if you click your username on the bottom left of Discord in order to copy it, if you continue copying it, you get a sort of Halo announcer themed Easter egg. I actually did not know any of this. Do you Whoa. guys have any of your favorite Discord Easter eggs or favorite video game Easter eggs? Cheers and have a subpar, second-rate, snooze fest. sort of sigh, today. Three mm. hearts. Thank you, Gothic Hello Kitty. Appreciate you writing in. You have a f- favorite Easter egg? I didn't even know Discord Easter eggs existed. So you have one in a video game that you can pick out? Because I do pretty immediately. Um, um,
0: The first one that comes to my mind instantly, though I'm not sure if it's my favorite, was... In the first Halo, you can find the talking grunt in the final level, Mm. where he's talking about like he's like, "I need to go back to the starship and find the food nipple." Is what he's he's like says some weird. He's like, "I got a big." He's like, "I got a big grunty thirst."
1: I forgot about that. Wow. Yeah,
0: we, me, and you know some friends, we like found that. We thought it was the funniest thing.
1: (laughs) Um, So yeah, I'll go with that for now. Mine that comes to my one of my favorites. I don't know if it is my favorite, I'd have to give it more thought, but uh, it's Borderlands 2. Uh, you're in the oh, it's been so long since I've, it's, it's really actually been since pre Borderlands 3, but I don't remember it word for word. You're in the kind of underground, uh, toxic waste area. There's lots of green goo, and at one point you could see in the distance an island. If you have high enough shields and health, you can run out to this island, and what's waiting there is the uh, knight of—oh, uh, my gosh. Um, the guy who sits around the bonfire with you in Dark Souls. Oh, Solaire? Yes, yeah, Solaire. Thank you. I think I remember seeing this. And I remember making a video about it, actually, funny enough. And I remember seeing that because I found it on my own. That was the other thing. I did not see it online. I had found on my own in Borderlands two being built off a lot of Easter eggs. You know, they had a TMNT side quest where you had to deliver pizza to like three Ninja or four Ninja rats instead of turtles. Um, That was awesome to see. So I think that has to go up there with one of my favorites, just that level of, you know, nodding and and secrecy uh, just kind of off to the side. I love when developers do that kind of acknowledge each other. Uh, Borderlands two, obviously just, I think a masterful game, but um, that would probably go down as one of my favorites. Um, it's hard for me to summon them because I don't look for them. I usually find them online. It's one of those. Oh, that's cool. Oh, right. oh I'm sorry. Ha- A very recent one, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, the Rhino. Have you used that?
0: Oh, the Rhino?
1: Yeah, the uh, it, like the secret weapon that you get when you get all the gold bolts.
0: No, I haven't done that. Oh. But I think I know what you're referring to because they like spoiled it on Twitter.
1: Yes, I did as well. But I don't care because it was really cool because certain characters come out and it's pretty fucking sweet, man. I got to say, that's one of my favorites for sure. Uh, All right, Sean Mason's up next. I'm sure this is a story. Hey, sexy boys. This past Saturday, myself and three of my buddies I graduated college with went to a Red Sox-Yankee game at Fenway Park. For the most part, we enjoyed ourselves not only did the Yankees lose, but we had a tremendous seat. Two rows behind the third base dugout. That is awesome, by the way. Especially if the Yankees lost, because I can't fucking stand them. I can't stand their fans. They're they're like fanboys of, of sports. So it's kind of interesting. Mm. Throughout the game, uh, a younger child, around 6 or 7, was trying to get a foul ball or a ball from a player. At this point, he hadn't had any success. But during the top of the 8th inning, a ball came plopping our way. Little boy struck out his hat to try and catch it. When the ball landed in his hat, the momentum caused him to drop his hat. Immediately, a man, probably in his mid-60s, turned around and snatched the ball. At this point, the man had already gotten three balls. Logically, everyone in our section assumed he would give it to the kid. But what did this fucking asshole do? Put it in his pocket and said to the kid, Sorry, boy, you have to be better than that if you want a ball. This made the kid cry. At this point, everyone around started yelling and swearing at the guy. It got to the point where our section started a You're an asshole chant at the guy. The man just sat there with a smug look on his face. So my question, as a kid, did an adult or uh, other than your family member ever make you cry? Best, Sean. Damn. Mm.
0: What an asshole. Yeah. Like, to, to some sense, sometimes when I see... Like, if, if you catch the ball yourself, you have no obligation to give it to a kid. If you're right. the one who physically... If you want to give it to kid or your you know girl, your girl, you know, you hand it to her and everything. Mm it's fine don't if the kid that kid fucking caught it
1: yeah um, absolutely if he had it and he dropped it you know that's it's his it's his by default yeah
0: yeah as a kid did uh, oh as a kid did an adult ever make you cry oh yeah I mean all the time all the time uh, I had oh. teachers that made me cry because uh, they were mean um hmm. I was a very sensitive young young lad so
1: so a contrast I, uh, from the man you are today.
0: I'm still pretty sensitive. Uh, i really? being, I feel like I'm sensitive, but I've, I've learned to uh, to cope. I don't. I mean, people aren't making me cry
1: anymore. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I get it. I yeah. um, try to think. I, have a ton- I used to be a crybaby in the sense that I just wanted to be home. So, mm. I mean, obviously, I'm a homebody. Here I am doing the show in my flannel, completely comfortable. Like, yeah, I'm a homebody through and through. Uh, I remember, I see, it wasn't like an adult made me cry. Uh, but I remember going to a baseball camp, and I like sports. I love sports now. And probably growing up, I know if I stuck with it, I, I would have been a really good player. Because I was decent for someone who just did not like it at all. And my parents always tried to encourage me because they knew, like, you know, if I got over that hump, I would be a pretty successful player. But I just wanted to go home. And so I remember going to a summer camp baseball thing at a high school. And thunderstorms used to scare the shit out of me. And I remember, like, it started thundering while we were there. And I was, like, sitting by a vending machine, like, almost in not in the fetal position, but just being a little fucking bitch and i was crying and then my mm. my brother my brother nonetheless was one of the people who was running the camp and so i should i should have been fine all things count for you know right. you had that safety net you were in a big building you're safe with that and your big brother's there you're safe with that but i was like no i need to go home so i start crying like a little wuss there but beyond that adults uh no i usually just get really annoyed mm. that That has always been a thing with me since I was a kid. I don't cry. Sometimes I wish I cried because it's just such a relief when it comes out, at least for me. I feel good when I cry because I'm like, oh, finally, those emotions have been let out. But I barely cry, so it takes a lot, uh, which is a good thing and a bad thing, I think. I keep my composure, but there are times I'm like, I wish I could just let this out, Mm. but instead I just get very annoyed.
0: I can't think of the last time I cried. I have not at least definitely not cried this entire year.
1: Holy shit. That's impressive. I don't
0: think. I'm not a a big crier.
1: I'm trying to think. I don't think I've cried this year either. I don't have anything against crying. I I encourage it. I mean, yeah. Uh, I just don't. Yeah, Yeah. nothing wrong with it. Although I did start off this this conversation talking about my piss farts being a little more masculine. So maybe that's it. Just had a little more masculine energy here in 2021. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Cody Richter's up next. Hey, green eggs and ham. As someone who owns both the digital PS5 and Series S console, I'm all aboard the digital train when it comes to gaming. This is bold. This is very bold. Even on my Switch and Vita, I generally purchase my games digitally, with Nintendo potentially revealing and releasing a Switch Pro What's the possibility they do an all-digital version of that console in addition to the base model? The Switch is notorious for having horrible Wi-Fi reception, so maybe the new one can do away with the cartridge slot and utilize that extra room for some better network components. It's a good idea. If Game Pass ever comes to the console, that just makes it even more sense for a strictly digital-slash-streaming-based console. Curious to hear your guys' opinion, since you both are pretty big on physical games. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's a game-by-game game thing. Not, sorry, I know you were about to say something, but I was just thinking yeah. of Mario Golf, where the online has worked really well for that. I've had no issues, but Smash is notorious for like dropping lobbies, lagging a ton, not being strong connection. But Sorry, what were you going to say?
0: No, there's no way, uh, specific, particularly with the Switch, that they're going to release a digital-only version, because Nintendo owns the means of production of Switch carts, and they make a lot of money On switch carts that's why you see right right. and that's why you see a lot of games do the uh requires whatever download or whatever like or like for example even um i'm trying to think like well i think even nintendo will cheap out on some stuff like bayonetta only included bayonetta 2 on the cartridge oh yeah Uh, yeah but or you'll see that a lot like i think one of the mega man collection games that they're like Mega Man Collection 2 is on the cart, but the first one is a download.
1: Yeah, and
0: that's um, weird. And that's, that's, yeah. that's be, yeah, the more the bigger carts are more expensive, and Nintendo makes money on those. Um So I don't think they're gonna do that. I think that mm-hmm. they see too much value, especially with their market being geared towards kids. Kids don't I don't know what kids think about digital, honestly. Maybe they don't care now in the era of Fortnite, but I feel like a kid on Christmas wants to open a Mario game in a box.
1: Uh, yeah. So I, would, I, I don't
0: think I d- they would do it.
1: Hmm. I do think it depends. Uh, Dustin, dare I tap into this and say, I think it depends on how you're raised. Right. Like I feel. Okay. Grew up in a home where, where like you waited for the boxed item. You know, you mm. got the thing, but, but right. I also grew up in a house that was not very like, Hey, happy birthday. Here's a gift card or happy birthday. I dropped a hundred dollars in your Venmo. It was like, we got you something, you know, we thought right. of you. And uh, I think that's that's it depends on the family life that you, that you sure. grow in, right? I think that's how your your physical game future is determined. It comes from the family. Uh, so that's that's by the way, not judging Cody Richter, who has had, chosen an all digital future. I'm sure Cody had a great family life, but more of my point is um, all all joking aside. Um, I don't see Nintendo doing this personally. I I don't think they have enough games that. Well, funny enough, they're doing this Super Mario Party thing that has like 64 games and it's online right off the bat. Uh, So, you know, they are shifting towards more online components. Uh, Bowser's Fury, I think you could play online with a friend or whatever new Mario game came out at the beginning of this year. There's something you could do online with a friend. So they are shifting to that a little bit. Um, Of course, Mario Golf, the game we talked about a ton in this show. Online play, really good online play. Uh, they they actually even added, like, an invite structure to that game, which I uh, I found quite peculiar because you could tell Nintendo's systems aren't really built for online because you have to close app to then accept the invite. Have you accepted any invites for uh, Mario Golf? No. So, yeah, you open up the invite and you're Wait. like, oh.
0: Yes, I have. It's separate same it Separate instance. Basically, we wanted to restart a match. Mm-hmm. This is when I was playing with Kopi. and uh, he was like, I was like, how do I back out? He's like, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> you just restart yeah, you the can't. app. I was like, what? Yeah. I'm like, only Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Only
1: Nintendo. Yeah, and so what happens is when you get an invite, it'll say, are you sure you want to restart your app? And you think you've clicked something wrong. You say, yes, it kicks you to the main menu. You press L and R at once, and then it, bo- it, it drops you in the lobby. Like, something happens when the app restarts to connect you to someone's lobby, and that's probably why you can't just back out to the main menu. So it's really fascinating. But despite all of that... Uh, Nintendo has added some more online components to their games, but I don't think they're going to do. I think they usually need a stronger Wi Fi adapter. I don't know if they need more network parts, whatever that would entail. Just something more modern that's not from like 2006 in my compact laptop. Like just something that will keep connectivity. That'd be great. Yeah. Thank you for the writing, Cody. Jay Lopez is our next one. Hey, Maddie and Dustin. I don't know if this is a hot take. But do you think a Resistance Trilogy remaster would do good in today's age? I know it's another human versus alien game, but always thought Resistance had a unique universe with good lore building. Also, with an update in the shooting mechanics, I personally think the game would be super fun. Where do you stand on Resistance, Mm. Dustin?
0: Never played it. Oh. Never played Resistance. Oh. Uh, played the third
1: one. Really good.
0: Okay. Everyone says it's great. So I feel like... This is one of those games that maybe they didn't do super well when they first came out, but now they kind of have a bit of a cult following. That uh, you know, maybe if they shine them up in the right ways, mm. first one's pretty dated though. At yes, this point is a second one's game.
1: even very dated. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I would even argue the third one doesn't feel good to play. Um, then again, though, you can only play it on a PS3 controller, so there's that. Yeah,
0: I... it might it might be better to do a remake.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think. I think in, I think that this game would do well nowadays because I don't know if like human versus alien is as tropey as Jay Lopez has made it out to be. Maybe I'm just forgetting a number of games that have followed this, but I don't simplify it down to that because I think there's so much more that goes into it. Like in, in Resistance 3, you're literally trekking across the United States and you're seeing it's almost like Fallout, but Ratchet and Clank. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and there's like Metro vibes in it. It's really a unique game. Um, where maybe that's what he was tapping into with the unique universe and good lore building. But I think it stands out enough where you can't really water it down quite like that. And even if you don't care about the universe, the gameplay, at least in three, is really fun. Um, lots of alternate fires and uh, for each of your guns. And just really fun ways to play. You can see the Ratchet and Clank DNA. It's interesting watching Insomniac sidesteps where you can see, you know, for example, Sunset Overdrive to Spider-Man, I think is a good transitional point. And resistance to ration and, and see transitions there. It's really fun to watch them because they you can see how they take inspiration from other games, but continue to keep an identity with the thing they're working on that's new. Uh right. So I would love to see resistance come back. I would love to see infamous one and two come back as well while we're on that topic. I would be a big fan of that. Uh but beyond that, uh of course Sly Cooper, new PlayStation All-Star Battle Royale. I could go on all day on stuff I want PlayStation to do, but I'll settle for Resistance Trilogy Remaster. Last question of the show, Mafatcock, who wrote in as we uh as we recorded this. Felice viernes gentlemen, may you and your respective clans be in good health and happiness. Same to you and anyone who's listening. Unkempt talk asked you last week about covers of video game music. While it seems you weren't too into them for the most part, I believe this particular version of Way of the World, the final song from Nier Automata by Scar Productions, is extremely well done. FYI, it is a metal version, but it should not be off-putting. Perfect segue to my question. The prior song was such a hard-hitting song for the end of that game and really stuck with me personally. Another example of a similarly impactful song is the real folk blues from Cowboy Bebop. Just hits close to home when I hear it. Is there any ending song to a game or show that you feel perfectly encapsulates everything about it at in, as an entity and moves you to some degree. May your weekend be laden with joy and fulfillment. Very kind words. Thank you. Um, I can think of certain tracks, but an ending track, Dustin, just, just one pop into the old noggin for that.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, for okay. me, I mean, obviously, Way to the World is a great pick. Um, yes. I'm not saying this is my favorite. This is just the first one that comes to mind, other than Way to the World, of course, is – um. This isn't the ending track, but it's near the end. It's like one of the big ending songs, and that is the uh, song Undertale from the game Undertale. Mm. Uh, is super pick. cool, and it's very well implemented into the game. You're going uh, to see the king, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it is emotional, um, and that's the... That is one of my favorite moments, I think, like in games, you know, this is the whole hmm. thing that I've talked about where as, as low key cringe as it may be, I feel like Undertale is a game that made me more empathetic as a person. Um, I don't think it's, it's cringe a game. that a
1: game moved you. Yeah. I well, remember I as a teenager, just... Gone Home was particularly moving for me. Like that was a, a really, that was sure. a real experience, right? Like they're, that's totally not cringe.
0: I think the thing with undertale is just i uh i don't like a lot of the undertale fan base <laughs> just because uh, they're like obsessive yeah. so that's why it feels a little cringy but um so yeah i'll go with that one
1: mine probably isn't too surprising well actually it should it, it might be a, a smidge surprising because it's a curveball obviously i'm a big persona fan um mm, so not persona oh. 5 royal but persona 5 the base game um the end credit song for that one felt like you'd been on a real journey. And I love that one. I don't like the Royal ending song as much. I feel like they kind of changed it just to change it. And honestly, that the ending song from five would have fit better with Royal. Strange how Mm. they did it. But I remember wrapping up five and, and sort of feeling like, wow, you know, you kind of let rest your controller and take it in for a moment. Like it's over. Holy crap. Uh, for me, that was a, a pretty significant one. Um, it's in Japanese, so I don't really understand. It's not like Way of the World where you can kind of piece together the lyrics and right feel out what it means for the game itself. But to me, that's the most standout one where once I finish it, because I'm really not big on the credits because immediately once the game stops, I leap into my thoughts. And that's just right. how I'm wired. I start thinking, did I like that? And I don't pay attention to the credits all that much. Um, I'll watch if there's like little sentimental call outs and I think they're important right like I think it's important to note the experience to sort of you know recapture that journey and everything you've done along the way so I'll pay attention to that but I'm more so in my head and so when a game captures me in its end credits it's particularly rare Um, and most times I'm just sitting there and I just wait until to see if there's an end credit scene Uh, but beyond that can't really think of much else other than Persona 5.
0: We should also, of course, give a shout out to Persona 4 Golden with Nevermore. Of course. Which is
1: also, oh. Yes, of course. Very good. Yes. Classic indeed. Classic. So, that's all I've got for this week's episode of Ham Radio Podcast. Dustin, it has been a blast as we enter the afternoon. We've done, what a, say, we've done quite well.
0: Here's what I'll say, Matty, is that, uh, I mean, we'll let the audience decide, mm-hmm. but... While this episode has been one hour around third, one hour forty ish, mm-hmm. I feel like it's been all quality this whole time. No, no lol.
1: So yeah, I agree. I Feel like
0: uh, it's been it's been a good episode. I've been in a good, surprisingly good, and upbeat mood for uh, going to bed at two and waking up at seven thirty. Yeah,
1: but, I was gonna say as I said same earlier, here. I will die. Yeah, same here. I you, if anyone's watching the video version, they saw me yawn a couple of times towards the end. So I I need um i'm a guy who you know my food's a pick me up so i need some food in my system i right. had some cinnamon toast before we before we fired this up thought mm-hmm. that'd be enough but it started to feel like i need more as we yeah. got deeper into the show but thank you to those who listened i i feel like our energy was great this episode uh at least I'm. Um, i should say i know you, i knew you would have been fine for me i'm surprised i didn't go sound like this when we started it so oh yeah uh appreciate all of you tuning in listening we hope you enjoyed this episode of the ham radio podcast if you want to support in any way uh patreon and dustin's stream are linked down below go support those and to wrap it up a hashtag um early uh early ham early ham or uh piss fart I think piss fart's more enticing. Let's I got to be piss, honest. Piss fart. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Perfect. So, if you got this deep into the show, let us know with the hashtag piss fart, whether it be a comment, a tag on Twitter. Maybe you don't want people to see the tag on Twitter. So throw it in the comments. Whatever you want. We'll be there. We'll be watching. And until then, take a care of yourselves. And we'll see you next week with episode 309. Peace out.
0: Till next time. See ya.